Well, welcome back to Beautiful and Believable. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Drew Dodson here. And today, I would like to follow up on my uh, last podcast on prayer. It was a bit of an interruption, or it was a follow-up to some remarks I made about Bonhoeffer and his life of prayer, even in the midst of trying to understand his idea of religionless Christianity. He certainly continued to pray. So uh, the last podcast, I hope you were able to listen to it, uh, was some reflection on uh, the way I pray nowadays and what I've learned about prayer. Uh, and, I, you know, I talked about... Uh, uh, praying like a child. I talked about praying with the historic prayers of our, some of our Christian liturgical traditions. And I talked about centering prayer, the idea of uh, just learning to get into the presence without a long list of intercessions. Uh, here's what I'd like to do today, and this will be f- you know fairly brief, but I've had just uh, personal uh, occurrences and some personal things within my family, really in the last few days as I'm recording this, that made me wonder, okay, Drew, did you really mean what you said in that last podcast about prayer? Because I prayed some the last few days. I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh, and uh, the short answer is yes, but I'd like to say a little more about uh, prayer, particularly prayer in light of a religionless interpretation of Christianity. Uh, so let me just uh, tell you a bit about uh, the story of what happened. Uh, and I have to be careful because the story I need to tell involves other people and their story is their story to tell. It's not me to tell their story. But we had a, we had a major <clears throat> health crisis with someone in my family, one of my children, uh, in this last week. And uh, there was a lot of drama involved. There was a lot of just physical pain involved. The outcomes were good, just to, uh, just to jump to that. Outcomes are good. Uh, everyone is feeling uh, much better. And the doctors are well pleased with the outcomes. And it looks like it actually turned out to be a good thing uh, that we had to take care of. And uh, the pain and the emergency kind of forced our hand on something that had been kicked down the road. So outcomes were good and all that, but I'm telling you, man, in the middle of it, it was hellacious. Uh, a lot of pain, uh, deep pain uh, to the point of, you know, throwing up. Uh, you know, hospitals use a scale of one to 10 and we were hitting 10 regularly, which is when you either cry, faint or throw up. And, uh, uh, my family member was hitting it, uh, way too often and, uh, we were in emergency rooms uh, all night, one night. I literally was running off a of one hour of sleep, which is, uh, it was, it's hard on an old man. It wasn't as hard as what my loved one was going through, but it was hard, uh, to run on an hour of sleep. And so during all that, you can imagine that some of the worst points having to watch someone I love in significant physical pain, uh, I was, I was praying and I was praying for help and I was praying for relief and, uh, Part of me, to be honest, wanted uh, the Zeus God to show up and just zap everybody uh, with a thunderbolt, uh, heal the issue, make all the pain go away. We spent a lot of time in the emergency room. That all-nighter was in an emergency room, which is not a great place to be. If you've never been in one, I'm telling you. I've been in one, but I was the patient, so I was mostly unconscious. Uh to sit all night with the screaming, the throwing up down the halls, the ambulances coming in and out, an overworked staff, an understaffed staff, way slow on pain meds uh, for my family member, uh, all that. 
uh, I was praying. And I would just assume that uh, the Zeus God, who I don't believe it, that's how God is. But I was, there were parts of me that were wishing there was a Zeus God who would just zap the whole situation. Okay. So then what did I do? Well, I did pray and I prayed for us and I prayed for my family member. I prayed for the docs. I prayed for relief. But just to let you know, it turns out, I think I actually do believe what I said in the last podcast. I mostly just prayed like a child. And it was, it was, it was a simple, simple prayers for help, for relief, to make it better. Like a child asks, you hold up a skin elbow and say, would you kiss it and make it better? It was almost at that level, uh, just wanting a person I love to not be hurting so much. And it was interesting. What I wanted to report to you is uh, not that it, quote unquote, worked. That's really not the point, is it? I was aware of two real things uh, during it was about a oh, it was a two day crisis during that crisis. uh as I prayed that way, as I, I noticed that I was wishing Zeus would show up. And once I got over that pretty quickly, I just prayed the way I had learned to pray. And, you know, uh, here's what I was aware of. First, I was aware of my own emotions of trusting my Abba, as Jesus would say, trusting my daddy, which is, as we said, the actual interpretation of that we usually interpret as father because Jesus isn't quite religious enough for us. So we can't quite pray saying daddy like he did. But as I prayed to my daddy, my Abba, uh, my father in heaven, it was, uh, there was a real sense of peace and relaxation in just bringing uh, this pressing need to God, to the God that Jesus revealed to us. So I was aware that it was uh, beneficial for me emotionally, which is certainly not the point of prayer all the time, but it is one of the points of prayer. I was more at peace, just taking what I was hurting for someone I loved. And so I was more at peace. And then I was aware of what I do think is the main point. Uh, I was aware of the presence of God, uh, the presence of Christ, the risen Christ, uh, aware that he was suffering with us. Uh, this is, this is a little more mental and a little less emotional, but I do believe that uh, the thing that we are promised is that he suffers with our suffering. He understands our suffering inside and out. He too suffered when he was uh, tabernacled among us, as John says in his chapter one of the gospel of John. Uh, and he promised to never leave us or forsake us, as I mentioned in the last podcast. And so I was very aware that uh, in that emergency room and later in the uh, prep rooms and the recovery rooms, uh, that we were not alone. And it, it wasn't just uh, the three family members, uh, but there was a fourth one with us who understood at the deepest levels, both physically, understood physical pain. I mean, oh my gosh, would, would the risen Christ understand physical pain or not? Emotional pain. Remember what he prayed on the cross? We talked about that some before. His agony emotionally, spiritually. Uh, all of that, uh, I felt like there was a fourth one with us who understood completely and was suffering with us, hates pain and disease uh, as much as we do, and yet has promised to see us through it and uh, never forsake us in the midst of it. So I just wanted to report that to you. Uh, 
Hope that might encourage you as you think through your own prayer life. Again, I would want to say I'm not at all opposed to intercessory prayer. Uh, I don't think it's evil or wacky to bring a, a request list or a prayer list uh, before God. We're encouraged to do that. The Apostle Paul, among many others, would encourage us to make intercessions for people. So I'm not dissing on all that. I am just reporting that I pray I'll, I pray less like that today, uh, nowadays. And when I do pray like that, I'm praying like what I just talked about. I'm praying more like a child when I make those intercessory requests. And I'm counting more than on a Zeus-like answer. I'm counting on the very presence of the risen Christ. Or to say it another way, the presence of his spirit, the spirit of Christ. Uh, Acts 26, uh, where the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of Christ. So, just to say all that and uh, hope that encourages you as you... Think through, and I do hope you're processing some of what I'm talking about with Bonhoeffer. That uh, even in his quest to understand what in the heck happened to the European Church and especially the German Church, driving him towards a religionless understanding, and all of that, he did not at ever, any time uh, forsake his uh, prayer life. He never uh, quit. Uh, his uh, what he called the arcane discipline. And I think that might be the topic of our next podcast. If you want to tune back in, I'd like to go a little deeper with uh, his understanding of what he called the arcane discipline, how to pursue a religionless Christianity without giving up on his deep faith, his prayer life and his understanding of what we Christians, what the church might do when we're gathered together. And I'll take that up in our next podcast. So thank you so much for listening into my little personal uh, talk today. I hope that was encouraging to you and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much. Much love. 